What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Seven triples for the Badgers. And now Hepburn gets a steal. Uncontested two-handed jam. Ooh, you don't see Chucky Hepburn doing that all. A great Jeff. Welcome to the show, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Andrew Rogers, Damon Benning, happy to have you with us. My uh, my headphones were potted down there at the beginning. I'm like, man, it's 7 o'clock. Shouldn't we be starting this show? And no, you is. never know. Never know. Just flip a coin. Maybe somebody heard me talking about Naruto. It's different. Different lighting today. We're going with our regular lighting. This was the lighting yesterday. I thought yeah. the same thing. Shane, what happened to our blue and red track lighting? Like, did you forget how to work that? No, uh, I was I was kind of digging that. Uh, I mean, we could turn the blue on here if it. No, no, it's okay. Well, I already pushed the button. Yeah, that's not, good. Not so much. You want me to go back to the we other? Kind of like the dimmer lighting. I mean, I can go Lower back to the, the lights. Maybe put on some put on some slow music, Shane. Probably not. Dance <laughs> the night away. 
There, I went back to the other. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank Good you. morning, everybody out there, whoever or wherever you're catching us, whether that's 590 here in Omaha, 1480 in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. And uh, it's going to be a great day. It's Tuesday morning, and uh, Damon Benning's to my left, so it's always a good day when I got you next to me. Ice Cube, today is a good day. And a, a big day to kind of get to a lot of things. There was... Um, some commits on the recruiting trail for the Huskers, uh, some college basketball uh, upsets, kind of, some, some, weird, some weird outcomes. I feel like this is a weird season for yeah. college basketball. I well, mean, I you, you start with Wisconsin falling to Northwestern after they missed however many weeks of, of basketball, and then you also add in the fact that KU just can't buy a win right now. Yeah, they, I'm telling you, they just don't get anything easy. You know, you watch their offense, and it uh, it's, uh, it is a lot of tough contested shots, not a lot of dribble penetration. Um, but still, I mean, that, I, I compare them to other teams that I've seen in college basketball, and on any given night, this is – I know we say – I feel like we say this every year about the brackets, and at, at the end it's chalky. How are you supposed to decide between two through seven on a seed line? Even the ones are going to be mm-hmm. tough. I Normally going into March, I have a feeling of, hey, this is the best team in college basketball. I have no gauge on who the best yeah. team in college basketball is right now at this moment. That's wild. And I just, that's three in a row for, for KU. They, I felt like... Are you sounding the alarm? No. Are you ringing the bell? No, but I do. I mean, I, we talked about this yesterday with Gary. Um, I just I think it's about the backcourt play and, and getting to spots on the floor. Same thing I think about UConn. Same thing I think about Indiana. Actually, Baylor's backcourt played really well last mm-hmm. night. Uh, it was good to see Dachua Dachua kind of – back engaged with his team. He got to warm up with him for the first time. When he had that knee injury, I figured not only did I dry heave a little, there's no way he's coming back from that to play basketball. Um, but it's weird. It's it's. I like the Big 12. I, I just don't know. Like, is there – it's Kansas. I, I still think mm-hmm. it's Kansas. I'm not – I mean, they have one of the best coaches in the country. I think Self is fantastic. I'm going to stay with Kansas, but I it, it's a deep conference. Well, yeah, don't freak out if, if you are Kansas because the, the teams that you lost to, Baylor will start with, with the most recent, is projected to win the league. You have K-State, who's fifth in the country right now, and you have TCU, who can beat any given team on any given night. K-State may be the best – may be the – best story going i mean what they've been able to do yeah how they've been able to put together a roster that is probably the most surprising in the top five let alone i know nebraska maybe the top 25 they're raising their hands and they're saying how did he not meet clarence with his physical he should be in lincoln he should be in lincoln but it is what it is and k-state is rolling we will uh, talk about a couple of different things. I want to get DB's thoughts on uh, – Tom Chattel wrote an interesting article yesterday about 
administration and how that goes a long way. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on here in the first hour. We'll also talk to uh, Nick Athan, CEO of PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. We'll talk to John Fanta at the 8.30 mark, and then we will end with Joel Lorenzi, who is the Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. But as we Shane, if you had to gauge real quick, how much energy would Nick Athan bring? Uh, he was bringing the energy he, just when he, I was he, just when I was texting him yesterday. He, he he is a energetic son of a gun. I'll be curious to get his temperature because it seems like for once, Chiefs fans and listen, I they're like a lot of passionate fan bases, so I'm not gonna broad brush them, but very very excitable, uh, very very animate i feel like they're not very confident and i would be i this time you'd be confident with a one-legged mahomes yes i absolutely would be and what makes you most confident about them because i like the position they're in i think that um they'll have the head coaching advantage a little uh, even though clock management will be interesting between the two of them who will run the ball more i think Andy Reid will be forced to run the ball a little bit more to keep Mahomes from having to to an- ankle and shoulder the load, which means Pacheco gets more touches, which is good for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is good for that defense. And an edgy Kansas City Chiefs team led by Patrick Mahomes is a dangerous Chiefs team led by I don't think most people think they can win. And I'm I'm gauging this kind of from the national perception because this is how sprained ankles work, especially if you're a quarterback. They're, you're going to have your first two days of soreness. He's going to do his treatment, and people are going to talk about it all week. Do you know who's not going to think about it? Patrick Mahomes. He's just not. Well, he's not going to let that drive That, that, him. that game plan is going to be what it is whatever it is, and he's going to compete. So he's the least I'll tell you of, what, though. High what ankle I sprains, about. those are hard. It's fine. I, I, still, I, st- I still think he plays. Oh, he'll play. Yeah, there, so, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll play. Anybody would play on, so on an injury I, like that. I, 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 I pit it against what I think you know, Burrow's got to be able to do. I mean, Burrow deals with dirty pockets all the time. Now, it's different because Mahomes will have to plant and push and be able to drive the ball. But I I don't worry about uh, Mahomes. I do like the fact that people are talking about the 4-0 with the Bengals and the Chiefs, Burrow, Mahomes. I like all of that for focusing on Kansas City because I still think that they're the better team. Now, they're not playing better. So we'll see if, if – the Bengals can keep that mojo up because they're hot. And this is about when they always start to kind of get it going with Burrow because he's really good in crunch time. But I like the fact that not a lot of people think they're going to win. I mean, the line swung three points. Chiefs opened as a fave. They're now My a, buddy got him as a pick em. They're now a dog, right? Are they, what are they currently, like a getting one, catching a point? He got him as a pick em. That's great. Plus two. Yeah. Wow. That's more than. That's Plus two at home. Yeah. So that's good. I, I like all of that. I, I, I like I'll all of that. I'll tell you what, though. Like, like I said about the, the high ankle sprain, I mean, we saw that 
we saw that take out Christian McCaffrey. Different a year for a running ago. back. Yeah, and, and of, of course, but I mean, uh, for Mahomes in particular, especially in this game, uh, they're going to need him to get out of the pocket. Maybe. They're going to need him to scramble. Maybe. Uh, unless, they, unless they rely on Pacheco to run the football, no, like you said. No, they've, they've got good screen they game, they've got do. good quick game. Um, it's, man, it's, it's, all, it's all on how you, it's all on how you want to use him. Injury, especially on his, on his back foot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've dealt with ankle injuries before, too, and no matter how much tape you put on your ankle, it does not feel good. Just yeah. e- every step, you step the wrong way one time, and you're going – he'll be limping, no doubt, but adrenaline will carry him through. Yeah, I'll, there, I'll, there was never I'll, an ankle injury that kept me out of playing a game. I'll take the Chiefs. But – you're going to take Mahomes at 85% yeah. and not 100%. No question. And I'll, I'll, I'll just, I just kind of like the matchup. And I, and I think the Chiefs found a little bit with kind of stumbling into the run game. And listen, Pacheco, you've got to get that guy the ball. He's going to put you in advantageous. His burst of speed. Well, he just doesn't go down. See, he wears oh. on you. He wears on you. And let him get his touches and let that defense settle in. I, I kind of like the matchups outside. Hurst, is, Hurst and Mixon, those two out of the backfield are the things that would concern me. Uh, Hurst at the tight end spot. And I know about the tandem. I know Chase Higgins, listen, legit. Legit. But I, I kind of like the Chiefs secondary. Um, I like the way they play. Um, it'll be – it's it's – be on Kansas City's linebacking core. Well, we were critical week. last week about their pass rush ability. Yeah, I just didn't. I just don't like the way that that they've been getting after the quarterback. But they may not. They may not have to with some of the matchups that they have along Cincinnati's offensive line. I have no idea what Buffalo. I'm sure they doing. watched a lot of tape. And well, and said, I had to, and I had to hear why it didn't again. Buffalo do this? I had to hear it when again. they could have done that. It's taking the boys to get haircuts yesterday, and I'm I went through eight channels because I think on four of the first seven, it was if, boy, they really miss Von Miller. Then I almost snapped again. I'm like, okay. They got the ball ran down their throat. Sore subject. I I hate it. Like, (laughs) has anybody not played with a good player before? (laughs) Like, that stuff happens. Tell that to Joe Burrow and his offensive line because it's an excuse. Like I get do, it. Do you I know how many it. games you'd have to go back and rewind from umpteen thousand sports on if a guy or gal played? Like, uh, hey, they didn't. Stop doing that. It's just so easy to gravitate to. It's, it's so it's easy. Lo- it's low-hanging, dirty fruit. Like. Well, it may not be dirty. You could wash it off. Oh, usually if it's low-hanging, it's somewhere near the ground. That means things have tried to get at it. You know, I, I'm just like, really? wonder what a healthy offensive line for Cincinnati would look like. Because that could be scary. Like, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not do that. Why not? Why not imagine what the best teams in football can look like with their best players? Yeah, I mean. Why not? I, shoot, man! Gosh, that, man! If the Lakers just had Anthony Davis, they don't. Well, they still have the fourth best record in the West, and they just they, made a trade. two and ten start. But I'm a big Rui guy. Are you? Yeah. Well, I like. He's a good guard. I like Gonzaga, I, and I think Hachimura gives him some size. What out was there he? On the ninth in 2019. Yeah, somewhere around there. I like. I like him a lot. 
that was a good player. He also didn't want to be there in, in Washington. Well, they gave him away for a bag of peanuts in Shane's old <laughs> Salvation Army hat. And, so and it's his like, orange Celsius. Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Wade Halverson, who's hey now. the president of Celsius. Hey now. Omaha West Side. Eighth grade open house last night. Pass. Did you go? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Just smelling around at, at school because I had everybody with me. And so I, I had Caleb, Zoe, and Micah. It's kind of single parenting a little. And people just making up parking jobs because it is the worst school to park for whatever the reason, right? They gave you like 16 stalls for like 1,700 students. Doesn't make a lot of sense. And people just, you know, if they've never been there before, right, open house, just making up parking spots. You, you <laughs> can't park there. That's not Another a Another sore street. subject for it you. Is, it is. <laughs> well, and parking stalls are a little smaller nowadays. I mean, they've, they've, uh, yeah. they've tightened that up. They need the Costco model. The double line, the big spaces. See, I only go to Sam's, and I don't even know if Sam's does that. Yeah, there's, there's both by my house. I've asked the question out loud, does it make sense to have both memberships? Does it? I don't know. I only have one. I only have one, too. And I actually mooch. It's my mom's. Yeah. But Boy, really, what a membership a does is just With get... the great Barry Rogers, you're still a mama's boy. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Barry may pay for it. <laughs> but I know my mom helped me hook that up. Or maybe oh. it was my dad. I don't know. But beside that, Sam's does it pay to have mem- dual memberships? I don't, what do you, what can you get at Sam's that you can't get at Costco and vice versa? Well, I think so. I've asked because there are a lot of things that people will show me. Hey, I got this from such and such, and I'll say, "Oh, was that at Sam's or at Costco?" And the, they'll say one or the other, and then I always have to see if. Does it boil both. down to like clothes and? Uh, I don't. Like I don't buy clothes. backyard items and and no like, food. So, but uh, that's food. what it boils down for you. I would be shocked to think that Costco and Sam's aren't. Well, I know the brand. The brands are different. Like I know Costco is Kirkland. I don't know. Right. I don't know what Sam's is. Like Members Mark. I think it's that's what it is. Is it? Yeah. So like they each have their own. They yeah. have their own. It's like you know Target is Market Pantry, and you have great value at Walmart. Um, Market Pantry used to have very very good flavored bubbly water, but then not a sparkling water guy. Yeah, that's shame on you. Shame, Thanks. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> I, this, I just wanted to save it for you. This is. Do you know what this is right now? This High is, quality H2O? Nope. Just club soda. I know. Just club soda? I know, that's it. Who drinks just club soda? You sound like Micah. He's <laughs> like, Dad, why do you have club soda? What is happening? I just I want the bubbles without the cows. You're ridiculous. Kinda. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a good chance that I could. Well, you're the one that got me started with with club soda. No way. No, the ankle talk, which led me into Von Miller, which is like, what's going on? Hey, you got there on your own. I just joined you. I was it's, in the passenger seat, land, trying to land, trying to <laughs> trying to land the plane. I, and then I, the whole thing of the NFL playoffs, I think, is fascinating, just because. The last couple of years, usually somebody makes a run that they shouldn't. We saw it with the Rams. We saw it with the Bengals. I was talking with one of the guys uh, on Twitter 
you know, there's been six wild card Super Bowl champions since in 25 years. That's kind of a lot. That is a high percentage. That's one out of every four years. Mm-hmm. But I think this time, this year, the four best teams are left in the NFL. And even if the Bengals would have lost to the Bills, we'd still be having that conversation. Yeah, although, you know what gives me the advantage, why I give the Bengals the advantage? They were wearing Buffalo out the night Hamlin got hurt, too. Mm-hmm. Buffalo hadn't showed me that they were going to, like, remotely be in that game. They were down when that game was ended. Yeah, that was so early, though. Then like, it was four weeks ago. Yeah, but that was, like, second quarter, minutes into right? the game. Second quarter, right? No, that was first quarter. It was the first quarter? Wasn't it? I thought, like, the Bengals had just scored. Then the Bills no, had they, three they and were, out and, like, No, they were driving again. Right, but it was only 7-0 at this time. Yeah, I thought it was maybe in the second quarter. Maybe it wasn't. Seemed like it. Gosh, regardless, e- time kind of stops when you see something like that. Uh, is that eons ago? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, Tim's on line one. He's got a. He's gonna fill us in on Costco. This here. is Colorado Tim. You better be careful. What's up, Tim? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we today? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, well, we're trying to figure out the difference between Costco and. Sam's. What's up, Tim? Damon, yes. this is this is one of those like husbanding. <laughs> Living a good life thing. Okay. Like, I put in some time, okay? okay? I've worked my tail off. And the day I went home and told my wife, honey, we're going to Sam's Club. And she says, no, we have a Costco membership. I said, babe, I got you. We're doing both. It was like our wedding night all over again. <laughs> it was incredible. The relationship was brand new. We saw things we hadn't seen in a long time. There was a spark between the two of us. <laughs> Costco's got better. So what makes him different? So, so, so wait, so she's graduated from the roommate to babe now? This was like seven years ago. Oh, so she's still the roommate. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> What's the difference? Costco has better meat. Okay. Sam's Club has better cheese. I think the produce at Costco is better. Somebody that I live with thinks the produce at Sam's Club is better. I just want the flexibility to do both. I travel a lot for softball. We buy food in bulk for softball. What if we're in a town that has a Sam's but not a Costco or vice versa? Mm. What if I'm in the mood to turn right instead of left out of my neighborhood? (laughs) Like a NASCAR driver. (laughs) I want to go left. (laughs) Hey, don't judge me, new guy. Damon's the only one who gets to judge me. Come on. This has nothing to do with NASCAR. <laughs> this has to do with I like variety. I like to be able to make choices. This is America. I should be able to do what I want. If I got to spend money for it, I'll spend the money. But don't judge me. <laughs> I, I didn't judge anything other than turning left. <laughs> Appreciate the call. No, be safe fine, out there, fan. Tim. Have a great day. Tim's nuts. Great to suck. He's, he's nuts. Oh, and my butt. So, Degenerate, Aaron's. He actually has both. He's been spending a lot of money lately. Stop spending money, Aaron. Uh, you're right. It's members, Mark. Oh, I knew. Oh, I, well, I thought I, you. I didn't know if it was. Oh wait, rhetorical. no, I was thinking Market Pantry. No, members, Mark is where I questioned if that was Sam's. Yeah, yeah, it is members, Mark. Not too shabby. My man Sometimes just, I do have a brain. My man just got new ice fishing uh, equipment. He was out there. No, but I want to. It, that's a funny story in my former life. It, I have it. I had, I'm getting over, I had an irrational fear of going out on the ice. 
So I practiced going out on the ice for like four years. And I took a picture almost every other day and put it on Twitter. I tell you, I, I probably have a similar fear. No, I'm good now. Like I went all the way out there and almost like waved nope. at a guy that was nope. in a little. Nope. I can't remember what I, they call him. I don't know if that was instilled at me as in me as a at a young age. Excuse me, but for some reason, did don't you, you have what, to like measure the ice, like how how deep it is? Uh, what did you see? Did you have irrational feel? Did you ever see Simon Birch or something? Like, <laughs> no. This this is what my what my parents said. Hey, Andrew, don't Shane, walk out on the ice. Were you traumatized with ice fishing because you saw Simon Birch? Uh, no, I, I don't really do the ice. I've done it. But I, I want to do it. I don't like it. So he's got some new gear. I like he, being in a boat. And he's catching a lot of crappie. Crappie fishing's fun. Yeah. Especially if you find their home. Oh, my gosh. You put the line in there and you catch one every time. Uh, Talk I, about I, I, impatient fishing. This yeah. is like hey, did you put an, some fun. Did you put an air fryer on your registry? Are yeah, you I going did. to? I did. The seven in one. Oh, you went big time. Oh, yeah. Like, go big or go home when you have a registry, right? Yeah, my mom just got me the five-in-one. And it's life Unbelievable. It's life-changing. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> As we have a sports show. It was all <laughs> over the place. What's the poll question today? Hey, I'm on it, man. I'm on it. Here it is. Your poll question of today. If a genie gave you one wish and you had to pick one thing that would benefit every Huskers fan, what would it be? Come on. You didn't even hear the answer choices. How are you going to narrow it down? I pick four things and they choose one. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> Self-explanatory. I think that's how most poll questions work, DB. This guy. Is it winning six-plus football games? Is it Dylan Rayola's commitment? Is it the healing of Gary and Bandamel? Or is it watching a former Husker Win Super Bowl MVP. It's pretty good. Oh, come on. How are you going to narrow it down? Yeah, jokes. This, is that what we're on this morning? <laughs> you came after me. Is that what we're on this morning? <laughs> Giddy up. Here we go. Hey, when we come back, let's talk about uh, some of the movement in regards to Husker recruiting. We'll give you some names and we'll tell you what we like next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H and H Chevrolet Stage at Hale Varsity Club. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers on 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. If you'd like to get involved in the show, 888-638-4876. Some big news on the recruiting trail uh, as the portal officially closed. And Jacob Hood is the newest addition to the Huskers. He comes over from Georgia, now the third former Bulldog to join the Huskers. And boy, is he a a big addition because O-line 
line seemed to be a priority still after falling um, from Rouse, from Mizuka, from Cornelius. And they got a guy. They didn't get the guy that everybody was out there going after. But once Hood's name hit the portal, people were calling for him. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I think um, highly touted coming out of high school, obviously going to a good program. It's been it's I think we're a little gun shy, though, as a fan base. Right. Just we know that it's not super linear just because this amount of stars, Georgia doesn't mean this. But I think in terms of adding depth and that competitive drive that we talked about for so long yesterday, uh, another, you know, potentially athletic big lineman doesn't hurt to get in a fold. And when I was doing a lot of research into him because uh, I was trying to gauge what he was like coming out of high school and who he is now after leaving Georgia, his big critique was that he didn't have a lot of technique. Mm -hmm. He didn't have good footwork. Uh, But then I kept reading more into him this morning, and I found out one of his favorite sports is basketball. Well, basketball, you need insane footwork. And that has helped him progress into the player he is. So a big body, great frame, good size, can make up for more mistakes than he misses on just because of his size. Yet he's still not the biggest tackle on the roster because you have Prohaska and then you have Benhard who also uh, rank a little bit higher than him when it comes to total size. Yeah, it's interesting too because – I. One of the things that I always like watching when there's new strength and conditioning is what happens with the body types. Because really, strength trainers are at the behest of their head coach. And what their head coach wants uh, those guys, like the finished products to look like, is typically kind of how they gear this thing. And I wonder, like, prototypes. Obviously, you have to be able to measure frame and weight bearing and 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 what kind of weight, good weight that they could potentially carry. But I thought for the last couple of years that Nebraska was a little too big and a little too sluggish along the fronts because I went through an exercise a couple of years, about a year, year and a half ago. I was just weighing, you know, Nebraska's O-line and D-line versus everybody else in the rest of the conference. And I don't know, I think they're about 12 or 13 pounds heavier on the O-line and maybe about the same along the D-line. I have to go back and and look at my notebook. And I almost kind of want to think lighter, quicker uh, for the way that the conference is moving because I want to be able to move, right? I was, I was looking at the offensive line last year, and I think they got a lot better as the season went on, I, relatively speaking. Uh, made a lot of progress as the season went on. Because they started worrying less about getting to second level and making sure that they secure first level first, right? So I thought there were there were monumental increases in offensive line play. I didn't think the running backs helped them out a ton, right? Because you can help out uh, an offensive line that's developing by just not trying to do too much. Get what you can get and don't throw a fit is what I like to say. Um, so I'll be curious to see what kind of body types they want. They have some they have some big guys, right? Does Teddy really need to be 330? Now, when you're 6'9", you may not have a lot of options. <laughs> right. right. It may just does, go with the size. You know, I thought New Orleans, um, 
look good the other day when I saw him. Like, how will that tapered frame look? Because I think with these different fronts that people are saying and D-lines getting put on the move, you have to, you have, to be, have a certain amount of athleticism. And, you know, with a guy like Hood, who's a big guy, you know, coming out of high school, a lot of times that's why offensive line, in my opinion, is hard to critique because you don't have to be great technicians sometimes to be really good high school offensive linemen because you can just maul guys, right? And so at some point that's going to catch up with you. And, and typically it's, you know, when you get to conference play at Power 5 schools, right, technique matters. So I don't – I won't uh, – I won't poo-poo it just yet because I think better days ahead. Well, and he learned from the best of the best – when he played at Georgia, he competed with the best of the best while he was there. So he's got that mindset of how can I help flip Nebraska? How can I help get them back to greatness, to their pinnacle? And, and I, I, I love that mentality as, as he makes his changeover. With Hood, Nebraska has now added 11 transfers, six on offense, four on defense, and one long snapper. He's the second offensive lineman in that group. But something that we still are missing, something that has been, I, I don't want to call it weighing on us because we've talked about it a lot, and, and Matt Rule and his staff have a plan for it, I guarantee it, but defensive line yeah. and, and improvement there. You, 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 found out how, you've, you found a way to get it on the offensive side of the ball. Right, you, When you retain Rayola, he liked the guys that were currently there. You add a few more to give your, your group some depth. But now work needs to be – maybe the page needs to turn, and here's the defensive lines chapter. Yeah, I asked a couple of coaches at the Power 5 level yesterday, just trying to get a feel. Hey, where are you guys in terms of scholarship defensive linemen? And almost everybody was 11 or more, right? Nebraska currently has – you know, Vincent Carroll Jackson, Van Poplin, Leonard, that's three. They're all freshmen. No redshirt freshmen. Uh, they got Ruquan Buckley and Elijah Judy. Gives you five. Huttmacher, Robinson, and Stefan Wynn. It's not a lot of interior linemen. I mean, if you do the quick math, you're sitting at eight right now. And I just, that would be, that's a, that's a cause for concern. Now, depending on the front you play, you may not need as, as many, but contrary to popular belief, sometimes if you play an odd front and you play with, um, like the numbers, like if you play with two fours, guys that are head up on the tackles and, and a nose, you need three true defensive linemen. If you're playing an even front, like a four, like a four-three, you need two defensive linemen and two edge guys. So even though the number is smaller, you need more linemen for the odd front. Unless you get, you know, this fantastic tweener. You know, there aren't a lot of Justin Smiths <laughs> rolling around from Missouri that can get in a five, rush the passer, and stop the run, right? There aren't a lot of those guys, the Richard Seymours of the world. So... um it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to find some guys 
to really add to the depth along that defensive line. And then also offensively, the Huskers added Jeremiah Charles, and he is one of those high upside players. Yeah. Somebody that multi-athlete uh, guy. Let's let's just say Matt Rule likes to uh, likes to gravitate to him and his staff. Love the. Love the forgotten one. And this is someone that only played a Hoop, year of football. Hooper, track, basketball. Yeah, he may be a three-sport athlete, yeah. but in regards to the sport he committed to, only playing for one year, development's going to be the name of the game. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if it's rational or irrational. One thing, Coach, and I'm going to keep saying this because I hear it every time I talk to him. He's confident. He doesn't have any. It's not like he sits around and he's like, now, I wonder if we can develop these guys. Uh, you know, I – I wonder if we're okay yeah, in the Wonder is not in his vocabulary. No, because he, he has a thousand case studies of converting and developing. So I don't think that that's what he worries about at all. And that's probably going to have to be one of their advantages because I've always said what gave Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota the advantage over Nebraska in terms of development is they played a certain way for so long. They know exactly – what the what the finished picture is supposed to be. Nebraska changed so much within such a short amount of time, I thought the picture was a little murky. So if they know what they want at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they start drawing with. I think they know how they want to get there. Yeah, offensively, too, uh, somebody that really intrigues me is Eric Gilbert. I haven't gotten to talk to you about that just yet, um, and we'll talk more about him um, in, in our next seg- segment as we wind down uh, – our second segment of the show, but I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on one thing because he seems like somebody that can never be satisfied. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, it's always something. So I want you to to kind of sit back on that, and if you'd like to uh, add in your two cents to eight 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 six three eight four eight seven six because. It's left an uneasy feeling in me because a lot of people are giving him so much love right away, and I'm kind of... He's, he's not trending in the right direction, right? Right, yeah. and I'm kind of in the backseat just kind of like overlooking everybody else. So we'll talk more about that next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, we'll talk to Nick Athen at the 8 o'clock hour, 8.30, John Fanta and Joel Lorenzi to close out the show. But now I want to talk about Eric Gilbert for a second. And uh, something with, with him that doesn't make me want to dive right in. I don't want to dive into the deep end with Eric Gilbert just yet, even though I know the caliber of player that he is or can be. I know he's a five-star guy. I know he absolutely dominated coming out of high school. He was very good for that LSU team when he first started uh, his college football career. But something that doesn't settle right with me is that I don't know if he can truly be satisfied. And the reason I say that is this. After LSU won the national championship in 2019, 
that's when Gilbert made his start at LSU. And he played well. He played in eight games, had a, had a pretty good stat line, but wasn't happy with the results of that team. So he goes over to Georgia because he knows the position Georgia's in and he thinks he can be the guy. And they've, they've been cranking out tight ends. And they've been cranking out tight ends. But you're not starting over Brock Bowers. You're not starting over Darnell Washington. So now you're, you're what, third on the list, maybe fourth on the list. You're mm-hmm. competing for a spot, but you may not get it. Not satisfied again, but you did play for a team that won the national championship. So you enter the portal again, you go to Nebraska. My whole thought here is this. LSU became a pretty, a pretty solid football team, at least this year. I don't know if he has that stick-it-out gene. Like, even when things get tough, even when situations are hard, you stick it out through thick and thin. Because the team you're joining right now, you need a gene like that. So are you, are you mature enough after what you've already gone through to have that gene inside of you? Or are you just going to run when things get hard again? That's why I am uncertain about him as a player. I, I don't want to... I don't want to get too invested just to become heartbroken in the end. Yeah, I think that's going to be, in the day and age of the transfer portal, you're going to get a lot of that, right? Where, And I think that's kind of how a lot of Nebraska fans are in general, where it's, oh man, it's hard to love right out of the gates, right? You start looking at past performance, and I get it, right? The, the usually the best predictor of future performance is past behavior. Completely understand that. But I'm also a guy that would tell you, because I like a good triumph story, right? Just because it once was doesn't mean it always has to be. So a couple of things that I think could be different. Number one, there's only uh, eight total scholarship tight ends on the team. I say only. I mean... With Ishmael Smith Flores, mm-hmm. who we didn't get to uh, last segment, the tight end room is all of a sudden full. Oh, <laughs> well, you got a lot of guys, and you don't have any seniors, right? So we'll see what happens with some guys that I think need some big, some big years, right? Chase Androffs, you know, Brody Tagaloa, James Carney. I think those guys really need to seize the moment because, you know, with Borkature and Hickman and Fedone and Rollins and now Gilbert and. Mm-hmm. You just got another 2023 tight end. I mean, we'll see. Tight end room's full. And it was a concern. So four weeks ago, I was mm-hmm. like, but I was kind of assured, hey, I we're going to go out and sto- ago. We're gonna stockpile the tight end room, and they're, they're continuing to do so. But I say this, be- I don't know. Not all cases are the same, right? But I, there is a track record. Of getting guys to all of a sudden dial in when they hadn't before. And the two poster children I always use, because I know their stories the best, are Robbie Anderson and mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick. Two guys that played for who? Matt Rule. Oh. So, it, now, there's, there's some ones that got away. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, there has to be. Like, nobody's batting a thousand with situations like this. But he's going to have every opportunity to be the man you have support structures in place there that i really like 
whether it's the the player relations, whether it's um, kind of the support staff that I think are going to help out with issues. Uh, I like the academic staff. Way biased when it comes to the academic staff. But, I mean, I I, kind of have confidence. And I I think he's going to get a lot of love. So, you give yourself a chance. Now, listen, you, you, Lord willing, you, blessed to have kiddos. You're going to want to raise your kiddos in such a way where the environment isn't going to dictate their behavior. Right? You're, you're going to try to instill whatever you, you believe in where it's portable regardless mm-hmm. of where they are. That's really what you're after, right? Because you don't want to have them be this person over here and this person. You just can't, you want some, some, some consistency. So I understand that, and you're, and he's in a new environment. But I remember when I told you that Coach Rule said, "I just don't like. I don't leave much to chance." <laughs> you know, I, I I assume he's done his due diligence. I assume you get a sit down. I mean, heck, one guy that he was contemplating bringing back. I mean, he talked to him for three or four hours. It's a long time in a sit down, right? It's a long time in the sit-down. And I clearly remember, I asked one of the family members, hey, how'd it go? Well, everything's out in the open. He had done his homework. He, he he's talking about Coach Rule, left no stone unturned. Really? <laughs> he just got here. How do you get the backstory? story? Yeah, obviously, he had done his homework. <laughs> right? So I have some confidence in that. Maybe it's irrational, but... Part of it is my is my character because I just think, man, you don't have to subscribe to something just because it's always been that way. Like you, you can change it if you want to. You know what I mean? So that's right. That's just kind of well. And everybody's been the man somewhere, right? You come to Division One, everybody's been the man somewhere. It leads me back to um, the article that Joel Lorenzi wrote, which we'll talk to him at eight forty-five in regards to Trey Alexander and not really knowing if that spot was right for him when he came to Creighton because he was Oh, yeah, contemplate, contemplate you're going leaning, home. You're leading right, which means, hey, I'm going to stay with the team, or you're leaning left, yeah. which is, hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to leave basketball. And, you know, maybe Eric Gilbert had some similar vibes when he left LSU. Maybe it's like, hey, I need a fresh start, or I'm not and going I, and to I don't, doing this anymore. I don't, I don't know wanna, enough to know what those cultures right, are like. Right, I don't want to plant thoughts, but, you know – it. It's something that always gets me to think like, hey, this situation could have led to something like this or that situation could have led for him to go to Georgia. Or, you know, when he leaves Georgia, he's like, I want to play no matter what, so I shouldn't have left LSU, but I'm going to go somewhere where I can play all the time, which is why he picks Nebraska. Well, I, so kind of the, the the staff that he's put together, do you think he's trying to take preventative measures? to alleviate potential problems because when I just look at the personalities and listen, I'm not hanging out, so I could be wrong. Uh, but my early discernment is, is that they're player guys. I mean, I go with the age where they've been, who they've been around. I think the ability to relate is something that was in the frontal lobe when he was putting this, the staff together. You could just tell by what it's comprised of. So I mean, maybe some of those, maybe some of those things are also some built-in insurances, but not assurances that it's right. going to work. Right? You just 
you're trying to take preventative measures. And let's not forget that Eric Gilbert played football in Georgia his whole life. So maybe he did need to go home. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, a, yeah, he, he's a Marietta Yeah, he's yeah, a Marietta maybe guy. he did need to go back to Georgia to then realize, like, hey, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm settling again. What I want to so, get out of my comfort zone. So he, was, he only had three catches this year, and I only know because it was against – I watched it because it was against Vandy, and I pay attention <laughs> to Vandy. So I think all of his catches came against Vandy. But the year before, he got the double digits, right? Like, was it 16 for yeah. 365 mm-hmm. or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he had about 365 yards. So, I mean. Eight games, yeah. That sounds lot, right. A lot of, lot of game. And how about if the offense is going to evolve into what Sat said earlier with, with tight ends and run action and controlling the line of scrimmage, it could play right into his strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what kind of package do you think? Man, multiple. They run. You are multiple. I I I see a lot of twelve personnel. Uh, the worst for me is twelve personnel is a guy that has to put stuff together to stop offenses. One back, two tight ends are tough, um, especially when one of those. T- Perfect example. He was checking Kittle. Best wishes getting into personnel packages with those two guys' versatility. Two guys that can be in line and break your face mask or two guys that can get out and catch passes mm-hmm. out in space too. Like those those kinds of packages uh, are are kind of what I'm envisioning with, with multiple athleticism. I mean, A.J. Rollins was really developing. I'll be curious to see where he's at with another good offseason and where his mind is in terms of going to get it. You know, Fedone coming back off of injury. Uh, You've got Chris Hickman, who uber-talented and very multifaceted, just has had a hard time staying healthy. What his frame would look like if he hangs in there. You put him with Gilbert. Um, I'm a big Borkature guy. Probably more than most because I like that he does the little things. And he wasn't a natural pass catcher. He's worked at that quite a bit. Um, and and that can happen. So a lot of times people think you can either catch or you can't. I don't know about that, man. I'm watching a guy over at Bellevue West that spent a good amount of time catching balls. Didn't used to catch balls like that. <laughs> and he has about eight or nine power five offers and Isaiah McMorris you can learn to catch the football if you work at it and he works at it and a lot of a lot of these guys are working toward bettering themselves which is why the numbers are so high (laughs) is there ever too many players who knows we can talk more about that soon but Nick Athen is next and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws lane wide open, back in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Marquez Valdez Scantling on a six-yard touchdown. It feels better. I mean, it feels better than I thought it was going to be now. Um... Obviously, I have a lot of adrenaline going right now, so we'll see how it feels. But uh, I'll hop right into treatment today, tonight and uh, try to do whatever I can to be uh, as close to 100% uh, by next week. But luckily for us, we played the early game on Saturday, so we get an extra almost half a day that I can let that ankle rest. Best voice from a player, Patrick Mahomes? What yeah. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Coffee and cream. That half a day does matter, though. I'm not kidding you. Another eight hours, ten uh, hours? Yeah. Don't sleep on it. It's a good deal. 
It's Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. At this time, we'd like to welcome in Nick Athen, CEO of PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Nick, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Great to talk to you again, Nick. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm just excited for this weekend. You know, we're back, back in Arrowhead for the for the title game as it should be. This is strange. This I feel like this is the first time I've talked to you in the last couple of years where there isn't like the manufactured Kansas City Chiefs fan base chip. Like this one is actually mm-hmm. real because I, it seems like most people think. Cincinnati, if they're not the better team, they're certainly playing better. The cloud with Mahomes' injury and the fact that you won close games late, I, I, it doesn't seem like the Chiefs are the 14-win team that they really were in the, uh, coming into this one. Well, you never apologize for a win. I don't care if it's one point, three points, five points. It makes no difference. I mean, listen, you know, you're going to play close games in the postseason. You're going to play close, close games in the regular season. And I, I think what everybody has to understand about this football team, both offensively and defensively, and a lot of people are kind of like not understanding, this is a rebuilding year. And the Chiefs are in the AFC title game. Mm. I mean, completely revamped the, the wide receiver position, um, completely revamped the defense. I mean, you've got five young secondary guys, plus Carl Aftis, who are getting serious minutes. And these kids are uh, outperforming, you know, what I thought they'd be at this point. So, you know, this has a different feel, this game. The, everybody's picking the Bengals. Everybody thinks the is a better quarterback than Mahomes. And for some reason, you know, I, just, I had a bad feeling Saturday. I knew something was going to happen. I just had that gut feeling. Ended up being the Mahomes injury. They still win. I think Sunday has an opportunity for Patrick Mahomes to have one of the career highlights uh, of, of his tenure in Kansas City, I think this is the biggest game that he's played since he's been in Kansas City. Mm. Nick, something that uh, we talked about uh, about a month ago when we were talking coach of the year and things like that, we mm. thought Andy Reid, of course, should be in that mix. And for this reason in particular, one, if Tyreek Hill was still on this team, if you still had all, all of the greats from the, the one Super Bowl team, Andy right. Reid would be getting showered with love. Like he's a great, he's this fantastic coach. He, you know, his brain works differently than other coaches in the NFL versus this year. He's making do with a lot of new phases on the team, like you kind of like you kind right. of stated in your last response. But are people giving Andy Reid enough credit for the work that he's doing this year? Because if things would have gone south, wouldn't people be calling for his head? Well, I don't think so. He's got enough. He's got enough cachet. I mean, you know, he's number two, and you know, postseason victories, and and he's got his Super Bowl, and you know, he he he's done about everything you could do as a head coach. So. He really can't do any wrong at this point. But, yeah, you know, the off-season plan could have gone considerably south very fast. Now, there were, there were a lot of factors as to why they moved Tyreek Hill, um, and I think it was a good move. And, obviously, it paid dividends in the draft last year and also, again, this year. But, you know, you've got all – like I said, you've got all those new faces. You've got, you know, four new wide receivers. McCole Hardman's been injured most of the year. You know, you still have Travis Kelsey. 
you know, you still have a couple of tight ends behind him that are still kind of feeling their way through the NFL. And I think if you just take a look at that, and plus the tackles for this football team have been, have been bad. Um, now they played good in the second half against the Jaguars, and they're going to have to be brilliant on Sunday. But you take all these factors in, they're in the same place they were the last four years, at, 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 you know, in the final game and before the Super Bowl. So I think it's remarkable. I think it's been a brilliant plan. It's obviously worked. Um, but Andy Reid, you know, he, he's in charge. And, you know, I don't know if you guys watched his press conference yesterday. He was in serious business mode. Oh. He didn't want to talk about the Holmes injury. He, didn't want, he just wanted to get back to coming up with a game plan to defeat the Bengals. That's the most serious Andy in a press conference probably in about two or three years. Nick, full disclosure, the opening of the show, we were going back and forth about this, and I said I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs for a couple reasons. Number one, it's because uh, an edgy Mahomes is my favorite Mahomes because he always feels like there's something he's got to prove. But the other thing I said is outside of they both share some clock time management things, Zach Taylor, Andy Reid, I like the fact Andy Reid will have to get in the lab for this game. Like I like the Andy Reid factor. And maybe he'll even have to use Pacheco more. Like, are you getting that sense that this is an Andy Reid type game? Yeah, I don't think Andy's left Arrowhead since Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. I, I think he's he's been there the entire time. I don't, you know, his poor wife's probably not going to see him till after the game Sunday night. But uh, you know, I think I think you're right. He's in the lab. Um, he knows what he knows the situation with the homes. He knows he's going to play. I, I think Mahomes is going to be close to 100%. There was a picture of him yesterday working out with no tape on his ankle. So I don't, I don't know if that was a legit photo. But, you know, Andy knows this is an important game for his legacy. It's an important game for the organization. Um, it's important because it's the, it's the Lamar Hunt trophy. And everybody thinks the Chiefs are going to lose. I mean, 90% of the people really believe that the Bengals are the better team. The Bengals have the Chiefs number. And I can tell you in that locker room from from day one, week one, all they wanted is to play the Bengals in the postseason at home again to show that was a fluke. And they won't melt down like they did last year. They learned a valuable lesson. And uh, so Andy knows that. He knows what's at stake. And I think you're going to see plays that we haven't seen in a really long time. And I think the Bengals aren't quite sure what level of Mahomes they're going to be facing, and they're going to have to adjust their defense a little bit as well. We're talking to Nick Athen at Chiefs Insider on Twitter. Nick, how much do you think the injury of Patrick Mahomes will limit his play in this game? Do you think it's going to hinder it a lot, a little, or not at all? Not at all. I mean, if he's going to have to run, he's going to run. If he's going to have to jump off one foot, he's going to jump off one foot. Unless that leg is sawed off, <laughs> you know, maybe then we have an issue. But, you know, th- th- listen, Patrick Mahomes has carried his football team for five seasons now. And it's time the defense and the special teams do their part and, and carry Patrick Mahomes if he's not 100%. Even if he's 80%, that that's enough. Um, and it's going to boil down to his ability to handle pain, which obviously he's got a high threshold. His drive is second to none, um, and he can back it up. 
and um, I think I, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to do virtually everything that he normally does, and he's going to give it his all. Um, he's going to do everything it takes to, to to help his team win. Nick, I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, I I like the young corners. I like McDuffie. I like I like the secondary. But the key matchup for me is is centers around mm-hmm. the guy that I called the steal of the draft uh, a year ago, and Nick Bolton. The, that second level crew working with Nick Nick Nixon out of the backfield, the checkdowns. You got to find a way to neutralize mm-hmm. Hurst. When you look at the game within the game defensively, are you wanting to generate more pass rush again? Is it controlling that intermediate passing game? Right. What's the key for you when Burrow has the ball? You got to bring five guys. Okay, you can't you can't do an all out blitz because he's just going to kill you. Now, one thing that the Chiefs corners did really well um, is that they turned their head to look for the ball toward the quarterback. They haven't done that exceptionally well this year, but over the last couple of games against the Raiders and the Jaguars, these young corners have been more cognizant about where the football is and turn their heads around, and that's going to be key. But Bolton and Gay are going to have to blitz. They're going to have to be aggressive. Where the Bengals had the Chiefs number back in December was they went in a lot of all-out blitz, and Burrow just took that extra second or half a second, and he just killed the Chiefs with good coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think they have to have those linebackers underneath at times. They're just going to have to change the defense up. Look at what the Bengals did to the Bills, and look at how often you know they move their corners and their safeties and their linebackers around to create blitz opportunities. And a lot of times these guys were untouched. And then you look at the big play against Jacksonville, you know, Justin Reed makes the, the pressure um, and it caused the interception. So those are the kind of things they're going to have to do. But the biggest key for me in this entire football game is going to be Chris Jones. He's had a brilliant career. He has zero sacks in the postseason. He could have sacked Burrow last year to kind of probably seal the win for the Chiefs. He couldn't get it done. I think this is, like Mahomes, this is probably the biggest game of Chris Jones's career and the opportunity that he has. If he gets two sacks and and Frank Clark plays his usual postseason uh, postseason heroics, you know I think the Chiefs have a pretty good chance to win this football game. But all those things said, the defense and I said this when Mahomes went down, you know, during the game. If the Chiefs want to get back to the Super Bowl, it's going to be the defense that's going to carry them, and they've got to play big on Sunday. Nick, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Nick. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. appreciate you. That's Nick Athen, CEO of PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Toss him a follow on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. And y- I told you, he's, he's a fan. Yeah, he is a fan. He is a fan. I, I couldn't believe he called them in rebuilding mode. Like, I, I know, like, to a degree. So, I know a couple of Chiefs fans that said not this year, but next year. I don't, I've never heard the R word. I, I, if if the last, so it, it's Travis just funny. Kelsey, yeah. then I think they go in rebuilding mode. But yeah, you still but, had your number one target. And we just act like they just didn't. Clyde Edwards Lair. I mean, vitamin D, whole skim. I mean, just milk card, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. there was a stretch in the middle of the season where we couldn't even name three of the four starting wide receivers. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Kadarius Tony gets healthy. 
We wondered if Kelsey's best days were behind us. Who's this Pacheco guy? <laughs> I've heard I, it all. Actually, I've heard it all year. I, I feel think Pacheco was on people's radar more than any other player. But listen, I'm talking about not running the ball. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah, not they like I'm like they don't they don't he doesn't yeah. get the ball. Yeah, sure. But but here's the thing though. I felt like I had to defend the. T- I'm not a Chiefs guy. I they're the fan base drives me nuts. But I felt like, are you guys serious? Like this is, this is still the best team in the AFC. They ha- that's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not sure there's an exec out there that could keep his job that says all things being equal, you get to take one quarterback, and they don't take Mahomes. <laughs> like. Like what are we talking about yeah, here? Best quarterback. Well, best quarterback. One, in the one score games and they don't cover. Shoot, neither did the Bills. They get inflated lines because they have superstar. You know, they have superstar quarterbacks. But unless you don't want the unless you don't want the price tag that comes with them. Yeah, I mean that'd be the only thing. I'm telling you, the Chiefs are winning. You pay somebody like that though to win you football games to win you a Super Bowl. You know, you pay we, the best guy to do that. We had Nick on in another lifetime with. Damon and I, we had him on, like I think it was like four years ago, and he made a prediction at the beginning of the season. What was it? Uh, the Chiefs are going to win the Super, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. and little beyond, they did. Lucky them. Well, and it goes to show that good administration goes a long way. Yeah, see, their front off, that's what I love. Like, th- th- you have one of the best general managers in football. You got a great head coach. Like we're just we're gonna act like Andy Reid hasn't won ten games in the postseason with two different teams. Come on, man! Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right? That's why I think people would be calling for his head if if not, things not went a chance. sideways. Not a chance. I really do. Right? If things and, if they would have gone if listen, they would have been a six win team this Andy year, Reed people could would be like, we can't do it what with Andy went Reed. on with his family. He can survive a bad season. Trust me. But I'm not saying he can't survive. It doesn't it. matter though. The, the, the brass isn't the, br- the brass isn't going to do anything with him. The fans can say what they want, and I don't think they would. I think they would. No. If if his season would have gone sideways, I think they would have. People are not giving him enough credit for the season he's had. Look at that offensive line. They have to play Orlando Brown Jr. for Pete's sake. I'm with you. I mean, I am with you. Wiley hadn't been able to play dead sometimes. <laughs> I don't, there's no way. He's a team. Um, give me the Chiefs, man. Transitioning to the local side of things here. What, ha- what happens if what happens if Hundley doesn't fumble reaching the ball over the goal line against the Bengals? Mm-hmm. That game's tied. Do you, do you know how the, you know how much? And I listen. If anybody loves Burrow, I love Burrow. And you need a little. You need a little what we would call puck luck, right, to win games. But the Bengals have been able to catch a few breaks and capitalize. Now, they whipped the Bills pretty good. No no question about that. But there are some timely things that have happened. I go back to last year to get to the Super Bowl. They've caught some breaks. I, I just feel like even though Joe Cool is, is, is my dude, like he's probably the one guy I'd want to go hang out with, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. And I don't blame you. I actually like the Chiefs as a dog. I didn't like them at one and a half. I can't believe how the line fl- – I did not expect you to hear – where'd you pull that off of uh, – DraftKings. G- mm-hmm. Plus two, huh? Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe – because it opened Plus at what? Plus 105 to- for the money line. I may hammer that. I thought it – well, if you're going to do – yeah, you probably do, right? 
if get you the plus money. But why I've, not? I figured because what it op- it opened two and a half. It got bet. I all saw the it open the other way. One and a half, and got bet the other way because people were taking the Bengals and hammering them. Hey, I don't know if you've heard this before, but Cincinnati is four and zero against Buffalo and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Their last four. Yeah. I listened to Ryan Clark. I'll tell you what. That. I'll tell you what though. If, if I'm taking any any quarterback in this game, I take Mahomes over Burrow. All day, every day. That's hard, even though I do think Mahomes is the the best quarterback in football because Burrow is clutch. He's Mahomes I, is too, no question. But i I wouldn't be as def, I wouldn't be as uh, matter of fact. It's a, that would be a tough for me. Like game winning drive, both guys. That's tough. I'm taking Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't really go wrong, right? Oh, Burrow. Does anybody have better po- – my man Burrow used the word refunds. You think that stuff doesn't stick in his craw? <laughs> Burrow, he is remembers. I- Burrow is icy. He remembers. You <laughs> talked about puck luck, too. How about Matt Rule uh, on the ice in Omaha yesterday hey, taking a wh- shot from the blue line? See, and I didn't comment on it because I don't want to be that skirt and pom-poms guy for the staff all the time. That wrister was silly. He's been on ice before. Had to have been. <laughs> He's been on know, ice before. I don't know who he was trying to fool. Like, the ease in which he did that. And he goes, should hey, I slap sh- shot or wrist, yeah, wrist shot? shot? Yeah, I'm like. Hey, I'm just going to wrist shot. And I'm talking. Right f- yeah, I was like, ugh, he's filthy. You know what? He's probably that guy that. I let know, it ride, though. He, he shows up at a hockey game as a fan. He's the lucky one that gets picked to go to center ice to take one shot into the little slit. You know how everybody has the, the putt on a basketball court, but on the ice you go into the little slit. He's the guy that buries that but shot. But it looked like he'd been out there before. And trust me, I, I, was, I took uh, Mike and wanted to go ice skating. He went to Moylan uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. His friends were ice skating. I'm watching some of these guys out there. I'm like, this is a hazard. This is a flat-out health hazard. <laughs> the ice is not a place to be if you're a rook. I, I've never skated. I have, and I hurt like heck for three days. <laughs> Were you holding on to the boards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I try to go, and my I just remember my my groin. I just hurt. Did you Bambi? No, like the sprawling legs? Yeah. No, because I had two really good buddies um, one since passed away, Nate Coleman, uh, like kind of taught me how to skate. He was a really good hockey player. I had three good friends that were good hockey players, Ted Lowndes, Kobe Boykins, and Nate Coleman all could skate in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was them and the swimmers that would, you know, they'd come to school or something and their hair would be wet. Or, and I'm like, where are you guys, you know, shower? Oh, we had practice. Yeah, swimmers well, always had practice I'm at like, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And that was back when you didn't have near as many sheets of ice as you do in Omaha now because now I think you have a couple of options. There was only one at that point mm-hmm. in time, so ice time was hard to come right. by. Yeah, good administration leads to results, though. You talk about it from the NFL level all the way on down. You, you see the work that when, when Matt Rule comes to, to Omaha yesterday with Trev Alberts, like they're all working tandem together. They're all in it for each other's success. It's what makes you want to stick around. Um, I was walking to uh, Mikey's game Saturday or Sunday, and the guy parked behind me, and we were just talking about Nebraska football, and he goes, man, I, I like this administration. He goes, can you imagine if Bo had a good administrator? I kind of like Bo. You just can't talk to people like that, but I like Bo. Can you imagine Bo with Trev? <laughs> I just right was there. like, shoot, man, I'm just trying to imagine Matt Rule with Trev. 
It's just weird, yeah. you know. It's I, just, I'm living in the present right now. Yeah, but it's but I but to your point, mm-hmm. like good leadership. And we're talking right. about adults needing good leadership. That's how difficult you know it is. Yeah, you know when other grown ups need other grown ups in their corner, like you know it's hard. And think about like what UNO was able to do with good administration, like taking the UNO route here. Well, their um, the, the the fiscal wherewithal was the big thing. I mean, where they got that. To where it was, mm-hmm. and now those guys are working in tandem at the university, right? Doug Ewald and Trev. Two hundred former UNO football players were at a UNO basketball game just two weeks ago. Yeah, this is data back to last spring when they were trying to get the football team to come back yeah. and just be alums of the school because of the ill will that was present there. Mm-hmm. And by one player throwing out the first pitch, now six months later, eight months later. 200 football players are back. Yeah. I mean, Crutch has a lot to do with that, right? The former football guy, but, you know, Aiden and, uh, Adrian and those guys just working just to make a concerted effort, uh, I think, is, is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It goes a long way. Yeah. Hey, that, spe- was, that was super touchy for me. Speaking of the ice, um, as we wind down this segment before we get to John Fanta, can you believe the Mavericks are in position to host no. a playoff? Well, if, you, if I would have had to have told you that the first handful of games this season were going to be how they eventually turn mm-hmm. out to play defense and stop the puck mm-hmm. on January 24th, I would have told you you were crazy. Remember, we were we were still auditioning goalies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, and Kaharski's been awesome. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, come, come a long way. Currently in third place, top four host a first round, uh, first round of the league playoffs at home, and UNO has never hosted a playoff at Baxter. And it's cool to see Gabs getting some run too. I saw him on was it Channel Seven last or er, the weekend. Um, hockey, as you know, hockey gets fun at that arena. In January, mm-hmm. Remember we were talking earlier. He's got to wait, wait till past Christmas. Let you have St. Cloud down. State coming up. You have North Dakota <laughs> again coming up. These are big series, and you will make some noise. I will make some noise. Yeah. You got that right. I don't think the North North Dakota is not a home. I, I believe that's on the road. Is St. Cloud State at home? It's at home. I think it's it's a home and home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they this play two at home. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this one's at home. So St. Cloud State's at home. Yeah. North Dakota's on the road. Now, they've also never been to the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. And if you would have told me at the start of the year that this is the team, if, if you matched up last year's lineup and this year's lineup together, and you told me the latter was going to have a chance to be a frozen face-off team. You'd have been buying me breakfast again. I would have been buying you breakfast because I would have taken the other. Mm. I would have taken the sure option. <laughs> you know who is the sure option? John Fanta. We'll oh, talk to him can't next. Wait. Energy of Nick, energy of John. Let's energy go. up. Here we go. and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Miles Wilmoth in the corner, a three-pointer no good, rebounded by Jackson. Great pass, Hawkins. Hawkins stuffs it home. Arquette with the ball up 14. Kolick to Joplin, right back to Kolick, still outside the arc left side, 30 feet away right side, now on the wing camp. Jones, open three, good again, good again. Hey, welcome back. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Happy to have you with us. 590 
ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, 888-638-4876 to get involved on the show. Before we get to John Fanta, as we uh, wait closely by um, for him to join us on StreamYard. How cloud close. Close? Uh, pretty close. I'm like leaning into the camera, leaning close. into uh, my computer. Close, close. Uh, let's talk about Caitlin Clark for a moment and what she was able to do last night. Silly. Silly. She is unbelievable. She Four, four triple-doubles with 25 points or more are the most in Division One history. That's Caitlin Clark. That right there is Caitlin Clark. She had 28, 15, 10 boards. That's her eighth triple-double of her college career. Is there anyone better in college basketball than Caitlin 15 Clark? 15 dimes. And what'd she go from the foul line? Like 9 of 10? Something like that. You know, because she was only 3 of 10 from behind the arc, I think. But she was like 9 of 10 from the foul line. She's sharing the rock. And I'm like, they just went into the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two ranked. What's the, and that was Ohio State's first loss, right? Mm-hmm. And they live and breathe through her. I know. Like or live and die, excuse me. Uh, and here's the interesting thing, because especially on the heels of Nebraska women's basketball this weekend, and boy, do they look like a different team without Widener, but uh, they got to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is a mash unit out there for that basketball team. For what once was looked like a pretty promising mm-hmm. season, we may have to grab coat and talk. Women's hoops. We should. We should. John Fanta's in now. There he is. Look at him. John, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you? <laughs> My man. John, how are you this morning, buddy? Damon, it's good to see you. It's great. It's great to be on with you guys. It's been a a little while. I yep. uh, love to be talking some college hoops with you. Love the Caitlin Clark chatter. I'll tell you what, guys, it's uh it's a fun time of year. Everybody always talks about the madness and what, what that delivers. Like, if you follow college hoops night in, night out right now, it, it's there's just a different twist on true home games and true atmospheres and conference play and different teams go through the rough patch. Like, here, Kansas has lost three in a row. Who would have seen that coming two weeks ago? So, I love this time of year and the night-to-night grind. Uh, on that journey to March. John, we went through yesterday in, in a mini debate, and I heard Jay Billis and those guys say it too. And I just want I, – I feel like I should give pushback just because, but they were talking player of the year. And Andrew and I yesterday got into this back and forth of just Big Ten player of the year between Edie and Trace Jackson Davis. And, you know, 21, 13, and 61% from the floor versus Trace Jackson Davis of, you know – uh, 20, he shoots 60% from the floor, 10 rebounds a, a, a yep. game. And I'm like, why is it such a foregone conclusion that Edie is the guy? If, 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 you're, if you're having to defend or, or game plan and get your scout ready, would you rather Edie be on the roster or Trace Jackson Davis, the, the human block party? Yeah, it's such a great question. It's an interesting argument. I mean, I I still am going to say I'd rather face Trace Jackson Davis. And maybe that has to do with the supporting cast around him in Indiana. Uh, And and it shouldn't because you're asking me individual talent. But when you combine the individual talent of 7'4", Zach Eady, with his ability to just catch the ball from a good 10, 12 feet out and be able to make things happen because his hook shot, I mean, I'm fully convinced he could turn around from the elbow. 
and knock that down with one hand. So it, it's it, I'm taking the monster. I, I'm taking the monster. And I, I think when you look at the fact, guys, he has posted 26 and 14 four times this year. It's only happened 11 times elsewhere in college basketball. And that's only happened for for a player once, meaning 11 different players have done it. Edie's done it four times. That's absurd. (laughs) And his team, his team has one loss on the entire season. His team is what? 19 and one. So for me, you got to hand it off to the guy who is winning the most, who is who has had the Heisman moments at Michigan State. How demoralizing of a loss for the Spartans. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Izzo said after the game, and when do you ever hear Izzo say this? Izzo goes, I thanked my team in the locker room after we played well enough to win today. I guarantee you Tom Izzo's never said that. If he has, it's happened like two or three times in his entire career. You know why? On a day where Tyson Walker went for 30. Oh, he's nice. He still didn't have the best player in the game. <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That 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 to me is just it's that's baffling. You know? <laughs> I, I can't I, I can't even that'd be like sending me to an Omaha lunch buffet, and I wouldn't have the top performance. <laughs> That's why I always feel better when I head out to the press. Oh, <laughs> you, get my, you get my I point. get it. Right. I get I'm it. Thinking. John, you talk about being baffled, you know, absurdity. <laughs> we could use any other word here to describe what we just heard from you. <laughs> Uh, but we also talked <laughs> yesterday about Creighton's future seed in the tournament. And after starting yeah. off ninth in the nation, they went from a potential Final Four team to most likely a double-digit seed. But as of today, who's, who's closer to being a 10 seed in the tournament? Would you say it's Creighton or Duke? Oh. Good question. Huh. Well... You know that Mike Shashevsky has more time to spend near the committee room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Yes, he does. Now, I, I would still say today, Creighton, because you did lose six in a row, and the committee's got to take that into account. But analytically, you would say Duke, and and the direction that the programs are going in, you would say Duke as well. To me, guys, I, I, I'm – Buying back. If you can buy Creighton stock today, you should do it today and not next week or the week after. Because to me, I think the script sort of writes itself here. They were never going to stay down for too long. They've got the makeup and they've got the head coach who knows how to get his team to play the best basketball. There is no better coach in the Big East at getting his team ready for the Big East tournament than Greg McDermott. It's it's kind of insane how good of a coach he is around that week of the year. And it's a reason why his team has been to four Big East tournament finals in nine years. So I, I think that that they could end up on the same seed line. But if you're asking me, like, I don't – today, the bracket doesn't come out today. So it would be Creighton today. But who am I buying? Who do I feel better about going forward? It's got to be Creighton. Because at the end of the day, Creighton has top 10 
talent, but a coach who's experienced. Let's face it, John Shire is not experienced in this role. Showed last night against Virginia Tech. Yeah, it really did. His late game execution was not very good. So I'm I'm buying the Blue Jays. And guys, you know, I'm not saying that this will happen, but it would not shock me. It, It really would not shock me if Creighton goes on a crazy run and I have this gut feeling. I've had it since the start of the season, and I maintain the gut feeling. I, I think Greg McDermott's finally going to get his big first Big East tournament title. Mm. I just think it's so due to happen. And I think if that happens and you go on a run, you could wake up Selection Sunday with how soft this bubble is and with how ever-evolving it is. And, oh, my gosh, Creighton went from a 10 or 11, and in about six weeks they made it a 6 seed. You yeah. know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, all I'm saying is I wouldn't rule it out. They're one of the teams who could do it. It's interesting too because they're only one in five against mm-hmm. quad one teams, but yeah, they've got a chance to really make some hay. I mean, Xavier, Marquette, Providence. I want to stay right in the Big East because they got my attention. I don't know when I made the tweet. I think you know they were maybe only three and one in the Big East, and I said Marquette looks like a team that is going to be pretty good. How in the world did Shaka Smart run it back with that lineup? Without the additions yeah. to have Marquette sixteen and four doing what they're doing this year right now, with honesty and accountability, seriously. Um, so his team had won eight of nine games last year, right around this time. They then proceeded to lose six of their final nine games, and Shaka Smart had player exit interviews, and his players talked to him. And they were real with him, and he was real with them. And the fact is, guys, at the end of the season, last year, Marquette had egos at play. They had a guy in Justin Lewis who, frankly, wanted to go pro and did. You guys know what that what mm-hmm. happens to a roster that's divided in where they are directionally and in what can happen there. And Shaka, look, he took the blame. He didn't have this. He didn't have his team ready. For the stretch run of the season, they got beat. They got beat. So immediately, like, to me, Shaka Smart doesn't look at Marquette as a stop. He looks at it as a destination. He's from Wisconsin. His mother lives there still. He's got a beautiful wife, a a great daughter, and and family to him. He's been able to reconnect with his family in Milwaukee and and the Wisconsin area as opposed to Texas. And and I know this doesn't have anything to do with basketball. We're going to get there. But to be able to tell what's happened on the floor, you have to be able to tell some of the things that have happened. They have those exit interviews, and they talk about kind of how they build on this. How do they avoid having the same type of season in year two from year one? Well, then in the preseason, he takes his team on a retreat in October for a couple of days. He told me the players controlled 98% of the conversation in terms of goal setting, in terms of what they plan to do, what they mapped out, at that point they knew they were picking up in the Big East, how they exceed those expectations, and how each guy performs his role. They allocated roles on this retreat. Now, in 2022 college sports, it is a hell of a lot easier to hand out dollars than it is to be real with each other and say, here's what we need to do to win. Mm. And that's exactly what they did. And they said, Tyler Kolick, you've got to be an elite distributor. Cam Jones, you've got to be our scorer. Oso Iguodaro, you've got to hang with Ryan Kalkbrenner and Adama Sanogo. They, they laid them out. 
And they even had some tough conversations. Now, trans transition to what this season's been. They know who they are better than anybody in the Big East. They're the top offensive team in college basketball. That illustrates it. Ken Palm has them number one in adjusted offensive efficiency. And it's because they have the best backcourt in the Big East, in my humble opinion, with Kolick and Jones. And mobile bigs, their size is mobile. It can run. Smart, with his staff, was very intentional in bringing in guys. He brought in Nevada Smith, who had G League experience, a, a guy who had been a part of NBA offense, knows what it looks like. He's very intentional in getting guys who could modernize his approach and make Marquette different than other teams in the Big East. They're actually a very specific team to scout. They're a specific team to face. And that is what has led this group. Just old-fashioned player development. Not making mm. a transfer splash. Mm. Not bringing in this huge freshman class. And they're 16-5 and five and 8-2 and two in the Big East. And I think as we talk today that they could very well win the Big East Conference. And you know why? Uh, they've gone against the grain in today's climate of college hoops. They're just doing it by buying in to the guys they already have. There's not a ton of programs doing that. John, and you- I think it's built the respect from the players. John, we appreciate your time. Thanks Amazing. so much today. And, and you know, we got to talk again soon. He's we got, great. we got to. You, you got a, a boatload of information up there. We have to get it out of you. Appreciate it, John. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you. Joel Lorenzi's next. Hey, welcome back to the show. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning, waving to Shane, not the camera. I'm Andrew Rogers. Why'd you wave to Shane? Just because. It's 845 and you're having a good time? I just want to make sure he was doing okay. Nah, I'm doing okay. We are... John Fanto, he went long, but man, was he good. Yep, and if you missed anything from that interview, make sure to check out the podcast. I know with our tight breaks on the radio, it may have cut you out, but it's really easy to go back and find. Go to HVarsity Radio on Twitter or go to your favorite podcast page, and that's Hail Varsity Radio, and you can catch the full interview with John Fanta. Uh, he's a encyclopedia when it comes to college basketball, <laughs> and there's no telling if you could quiz that guy on something that he that he wouldn't get 100 <laughs> percent. he's a great storyteller too doesn't take himself too seriously i i'm, I'm a big fan to guy we'll get Remember, t- we got him when he was just getting started right right like and he was like this yeah, young you're and, telling me. we were this he's this young energetic guy that used to post you know these uh uh his his little interviews and snippets and i'm like you know what i like him like him a lot. And you know who else you like? This guy right here. Joel Lorenzi. He's on the phone. Joel, good morning. What's happening? What's up, buddy? Now? Hey, so I just, I just got through. We were talking to John Fanta, and we were – I mean, he was just putting us super deep on kind of the growth and the mindset of Marquette and how Shaka Smart had to kind of reinvest in his own guys. And he said it was just good old-fashioned player development and coaching hires – when I asked you three weeks ago and we weren't sure yet, let me ask you again this week. Right now, who do you think the best team in the Big East is? Oh, Marquette, no question. Okay. Holes won't reflect it. Obviously, Xavier had a good run for a while, but look at resume and, um, you know, losses that Marquette has taken versus the losses that Xavier's taken. And. Marquette hasn't lost a game. DePaul, respectfully, um, and they 
they look really good against this team. And obviously, both have um, tougher schedules the rest of the way than Tracy. But Marquette, man, they're running teams down, man. Like, in the half world, often, it doesn't look like anybody can really stop them. Yeah. And um, they're not a bad team either. They're, they're miles ahead of Davis in that front, I think. I think they're the favorite to win the big East right now. Joel, you wrote a great piece yesterday about Trey Alexander, um, which is a story everybody should read. Go check it out at the Omaha World Herald as we speak to the Creighton beat writer um, for the paper. The piece that you wrote about him was moving because based on his story and what he had to overcome, it's what a, a lot of athletes just in general have to overcome battling like do I give this up or do I keep pushing forward you know how important is it for any player to keep a short memory during rough patches and gravitate to something that you know uh, may help them get away but also also lead them back yeah very Uh, I think especially during a season where uh, a team that and programs that probably isn't used to expectations so grand, and then obviously falling off that cloud nine relatively soon, a losing streak that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, a big man that never did to that. Uh, they faced a lot of adversity. There. Uh, no one had forecast. So it's always uh, good to support the city. Uh, because college basketball more unpredictable than most sports, I would say. You can still, like, with, with Trey, uh, you know, he had a slump there early in the season, especially when they had, when the team was during a uh, losing streak. He had a scary game where, uh, you know, there they were cold tonight. Um, like you said, he's kept a, a short memory, and now he's, he's had a stretch here in, in recent weeks where, He's telling it, man. You look at the overall outlook of the season, you know, statistical outlook. You had an overall good season to pick it up when it when it matters. Joel, uh, the next four, three out of four are at home, but only one chance at a quad one win. Craig currently sits one and five versus the quad one. How important is it with you know max skill set in terms of getting guys to to dial in? that you don't try to get too big picture because what they can afford is a slip-up here with three of these next four at home, like I said, and a very favorable schedule. Yeah, and they they, uh, they understand how important it is. Like, we asked uh, Baylor Shireman before Butler, probably even before Providence, I think, you know, if they felt – you know, extra weight with every game. Now that all you know, the big road opportunities, yeah, every, every every game matters more now. And um, so I think they understand that the gravity behind it all. And, um, they won't acknowledge it. But, you know, the rest of the weight is on them because the positive games they have, to, you know, both of their resume are at home. You know, they get David to return. They get Return. They get the Marquette return. They got chances to defend home court against teams that are really, really good. Probably, you know, back the retro stretch, they probably didn't envision having a chance to knock off a team as good as 
Marquette because Marquette was picked ninth in the preseason polls. Like, this is an opportunity I didn't think they'd have. So, the opportunities are there, and they understand the weight of each game weighing on them. And speaking of the next game in particular against St. John's, this is a team that got off to a roaring start and then ended up trickling down once conference play had started. But that's not to say that they can't beat any team on any given night. Soriano has looked fantastic, probably one of the more improved players in the conference and even for that team. You have the DePaul transfer and David Jones. You have Curbelo, Alexander. I mean, a very veteran group. Um, But as as Creighton comes in preparing for this game, how is Coach Mack delivering um, to his team not to take this St. John's team lightly? Yeah. Um, they know the intensity St. John's brings. Uh, they know the weight that St. John's carries with, with their own games. Um, I think St. John's expected to be where Seton Hall is, you know, a team that could maybe beat any team on any given night on the best days. And not saying St. John's can't, but for Seton Hall, it's afforded them, you know, a win over UConn most recently and, you know, lifted them into bubble talk uh, to some bracket houses. So I think that's where St. John's expected to be. So they wait with every game they play to. They want to see where Seton Hall is at the very least. And Mike Anderson. Uh, enter the season. So there's weight all around that program to get a win like this. And I think teams around the conference uh, know, you know how good Creighton really is despite uh, the record due to strength of schedule. So uh, Creighton's not taking any the rest of the way. And they know uh, defensive intensity from St. some of the talent they have. Um, and you know that St. John's, a team like St. John's, probably best to peak around this time or over the next month, really. Joel, let me get you out on this. Who's closer to what their record really is in the Big East, Providence or UConn? Mm. I, I think uh, I've been saying this while, while UConn has been, been on a losing streak. No, I, I, Providence, cause I don't, I'm not out on UConn. Uh, Obviously, they've looked rough during the stretch, and I don't think they were ever really the number one team in the country. Um, but I, I don't think they're as bad as the recent stretch will show. I think they've got their flaws, um, but most of these teams do. I mean, Creighton's flaws have been out there for some time now. Um, they've been working their way around them. I don't think UConn's found their way around them yet. They've enjoyed so much early season success. So, um, I, I like to say probably I'll get problems from credit and I'll cut you know, UConn back. Joel, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, guys. Talk to you all. See you, buddy. And as Joel drives out, I want to drive out on this point, too, and tell you about Dingman's. They've been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. Family-owned, family-run local business. They're... They invest in the, the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever-evolving technology of what cars are today. One of my favorite things that uh, they have, which isn't a, a crash or a tire squeal, um, is their give-back program where they have the customer uh, decide what charity Dingman's is going to give 
uh, a donation too. I mean, I just think that that is a tremendous effort that they do over there. Uh, four locations through the metro area along with uh, the standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. If you have something wrong with, their, with your car, if you're looking to upgrade your car, or, you know, you get in a car crash, you head over to Dingman's. They'll hook you up. Go to Dingman's.com for an estimate today. How about that? Dab me out on that. <laughs> I, like, I, I like Dab. You know the funny thing about as we kind of ramp up for this, and Nebraska, we talked yesterday real quick about the day off and, and Northwestern and maybe them needing some rest to get some of their other guys ready to go. Level of surprise that Northwestern was able to hold off Wisconsin after not playing for so long. Do you, you know they I were, couldn't they, believe they, Wisconsin. they were favored. I couldn't believe Wisconsin was. lost that game, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I thought Wisconsin was the better team coming in. They were in better position. Isn't it weird? Because I think Northwestern is pretty good. They are a good team. They And I'm not going to knock them, but just based on everything that they were carrying going into that game, I felt like that was a huge weight on their shoulders, and Wisconsin should have been able to close that down. They could not put free throws in, and they shot horrifically from yeah, the field. Same, same thing that almost cost Virginia Tech mm-hmm. last night. We'll continue conversation on Morning Dump. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again tomorrow on Coffee and Cream.